The great Sadiq Bichil Michal of Gustin was going around collecting from house to house, city to city. And in one of the cities that he was collecting at, he, he entered a house, and lo and behold, he saw in front of him a terrible sight of shikros, of gambling, and of terrible preachers. He immediately ran away from the house. And he was so disturbed. Why, if when he was going for a Dvar Mitzvah, did he get such a terrible sight to see? Why was it thrown at him such a terrible thing? And he didn't have an answer, and it bothered him. Twenty plus years later, in his town in Gustin, they had brought a new chazin, a new shaykh to the town. He looked like a very respectable person. They brought this fellow to Bichil Michal, the rov of the town, to be off to see if his, to give his approval. And he took one look at him, and he recognized him from 20 plus years later, that that fellow was a Russia. He was in that house, and he's a terrible person. And he saved the city from having a terrible sheikh, a terrible person to lead some of the roles in the community. And when he realized this outcome, he said, Now I understand the Rashi in Parshas Tetzaveh. When Rashi comes to explain the big day kahuna and he begins to explain what the aphoid is, how do you tie this aphoid? Rashi does something he doesn't do anywhere else. Rashi says, Libi Oimerli, my heart tells me, instead of saying the way Rashi would normally say, uh, would say maybe, whatever, he gives various words that Rashi gives to explain something, but he doesn't say, my heart tells me this explanation. Rashi says, Libi Oimerli, that this Avnate is tied the way you find ladies that are um, um, special type of ladies, Soros, which was like a, a prestige type of ladies, they, they go horseback riding and they wear this special type of sinner when they go it. Again, later on in Rashi, Rashi says again, Kach Omer Libi twice. Why is Rashi talking like that? So he said beautifully. It must be that Rashi one time had seen this lady, this Soros, that came, that was Reichiv on her sus and this clothing. Now Rashi was always, Einov Lemato Veliboy Lemalo. So why did his eyes see this thing? Why would Rashi HaKadosh see such a terrible sight? That Rashi should know how the ladies, and we're talking about a very fancy lady, Rashi says a Soros, a princess or something, riding, horseback riding, putting on a special type of clothing? Why does Rashi have any part of this? But when Rashi came to Parshas Tetzav, and he looked around all the Mepharshim to figure out how you tie this sinner, how do you tie this aphid? And he couldn't find any good explanation. So Rashi says, Libi Oimerli, my heart tells me. I have something sitting on my heart that I never understood why it happened to me. And now I know that that's what it is. It's because I'm going to learn how the clay on Mishkan are. I'm going to learn the Kalem of the big day at Kahuna. I'm going to learn how this sinner is. It's like that lady that I saw. What an explanation. What a chizik. Or like, as Chenech HaKlein from Alexander says at the beginning of the parsha that the menorah has to be kosis lama'or, Rashi says it should be kosis lama'or, and not kosis, not crushed, for menachas, for the purpose of menachas. And he said homiletically, kosis is when we break something, to try to improve it. A person could break himself, a kosis, a shvira. You could go through sometimes an avoid in life if you want to grow, but the purpose is only if that reaches you lima'or. It gets you closer to the Rebbein Yishlam, closer to turn to Avedis Hashem. But if the kosis, the shvira, 
pulls you down, lemanochasa puts you back in the bed. That's terrible. Kosis for one purpose, lemaor, but not kosis lemenochas lemenucha that puts you back to rest and makes you down about it. I even want to add a little nuance to this vart. Rashi mentions two, three times about the ephod, and the first time Rashi says it's like these ladies. Very fancy ladies, when they're on the susan. Little, a little later on, Rashi repeats again what the ephod is, and he says it's a sinner that ladies ride when they go horseback riding. But he doesn't add the detail that it was sorrows. And this hint perhaps tells us that it was actually a story that took place. Exactly the lady that Rashi had seen wearing this was a lady that was Soros, a very fancy lady. And Rashi brought it out with those details. And let me show you something amazing. A fellow added to me last year, he told me, Rabbi Javel said the following, Hesafa. The Rishon bring down, the Besaisa brings it down in Hilchas Megillah. We know that somebody that can only lay in the Megillah on Yedalot Hazvav can't lay it in earlier. Somebody that's a ben of a, of a kvar, we were misakin a special kriya for him on Yedalot, Yedbez, and Yedgibel, but if you're from the regular city, it's either Yedalot or if it's from four, or it's from fortified walls, so then it's on Tezvav. Maisahoya, there was a story that happened in the days of Rashi. There was a lady, a sar, of, a, sar, a, sar a very fancy lady, and she had to have, she had a meeting with the king on Sunday. That was Yom Yudala when Purim came out. And she came to Rashi riding on her horse, on Thursday. And she asked Rashi, could I lane the Megillah early? It's not really my day. And over there they go on to discuss the answer. So this person said so amazing, he said, Parshas Tetzavah on a regular year comes out right before Purim. That's always how it comes out. That year, probably, Purim was Sunday, Shabbos was Parshas Tetzavah. This lady comes to Rashi HaKodesh, Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Tetzavah. Rashi says the details, to greet the king. Obviously, she was wearing those sorry's clothing, this sinner. And Rashi sees this. And it probably bothered him. Why did Rashi see this? Oh, Rashi's coming to Parshas Tetzavah. I have to explain how the Kalim of the Kohen Gadol are. This is to teach me what the Eifid is. Right? We all know the stories of Chaim Kiyeski with the grasshopper and so forth. Oh, Libi Oimerli, this is what it is. Beautiful, amazing. And I would like to take this idea a little differently. But with the help of Rabbi Javel that opened up the can to this beautiful insight of this story of Rashi, that that could have been perhaps the time when Rashi saw this lady. Rather it being not just that Rashi had happened to be right before Parshas Tetzav and it's connected to right before Purim, maybe Rashi had already written this explanation, maybe not. I want it to be a Purim lesson. Much more powerful insight over here. And what could that mean to us? Chazal tell us, We know by the Chet of Eitz there's a sign, a reference to Haman. Usually we think it means what enticed what enticed other Mauritians to eat from the Eitz Adas, you have everything that was Haman. But if you look closely in the Pesukim, perhaps we can glean an amazing insight into which part of Haman played a role by the Eitz Adas. Other Mauritian falls into the temptation, he eats from the Eitz Adas. Look closely over there, Haman's not in that picture. It has nothing to do with Haman. In fact, as we know, Achashverish, which was Malchus Parasumadeh, 
they were the ones that enticed Klaliyasro to be Russia. There is other nations of the world that entice us in the temptations of their immorality and whatever it is and to do the, all that stuff. Where is Haman? Haman being the grandchild of Amalek, where is their greatest job in pulling us down in our Avedis Hashem? Amalek is the one that separates the Rebbein Shalem from us. It separates the name of the Rebbein Shalem. Amalek is the one that cries Yish. Amalek is the one that cries we're separated from the Rebbein Shalem. Amalek is the one that tells us if we've seen something that we weren't supposed to see, if we have done something that we weren't supposed to do, if we have fallen in an area that we feel that we fell, we can't climb back to Rebbein Shalom. We're doomed, we're separated, we're cold, we're distanced, we don't have the relationship with the Rebbein Shalom anymore. Haman waits for Adam Marishan to eat from the Eitz Adas. What does Adam Marishan do after he eats from the Eitz Adas? He feels low. He feels so embarrassed. He feels like he doesn't wear, he's not wearing any clothing. He can't come close to Rebbein Shalom. The Rebbein Shalom calls out to him, Adam, where are you, Ayeko? Hamina eats! Sheikh, is it from the eights that you ate that who, I'm sorry, I said the wrong words. Me higit lecha, who told you that you have no clothing? Hamina eights? Hamina eights is Homan. Homan comes to Adam Marishan after he eats from the eights Adas and says, now you have no clothing. Now feel low about yourself. Now go into suicidal Mode, mode, mode. Now you'll never get close to Rebbein Shalom. Now you can never return. Now you're separated. How? Me, Higilacha, who told you that? False. You could come back close to Rebbein Shalom. Kasis is only Lim'ar to get back to Rebbein Shalom. Not Kasis Lim'anachis. You see something bad, Libi Oimerli, there's always a way out. There's always a greater mission. There's always a return. Haman comes and says, you can't full come back. You can't get back close. Is there a greater yontav of Purim that tells us we have nothing to be embarrassed about? We, have, we are so proud about who we are. Every person is a Purim Rav. We always try to explain various explanations for why we dress up or we don't dress up. You know why? The first person telling us that we're not dressed properly is Haman. Hamina hates. You're hiding. You're embarrassed. You're not wearing the proper clothing. No more embarrassments. No more limitations. You're, you're, you're closest to Rebbein Shalim has no barriers. Don't feel any separation. You could go straight through lose that's the day of Purim is the day we're never embarrassed about anything we we embarrass people how could he embarrass people it's the day we're saying you know what the whole thing that we are getting always embarrassed and pulled down and feeling low that's Haman that's Amalek today we wiped it out and therefore there's something unique about Purim no other day do we give every person a chance to have a Purim we have Purim for Yudalit people, we have Purim for Tezvav people. But what about people that can't make it on Yudalit and Tezvav? They're sitting in their little town, removed from the great town, from the great activities. So we were masakin for them. You could read it on Yudalif, you could read it on Yudbeis, you could read it on Yudgimel. Everybody has a Purim. The Yishalmi says you can read it throughout the whole Chodesh of Adar. The Masech Tosayfim said they used to read the Megillah throughout the whole Chodesh of Adar. Every Mata Shabbos of, of that month. The Gemara Megillah Bezim and Bez discusses different days and different people when they're going to have the Megillah and the Gemara talks about maybe a certain person from a certain city wouldn't have a Kriyas Megillah and the Gemara says is he a Yid and he's not going to have Megillah? 
How could that be? I don't know anywhere else that in Gemara and Shas we say such an expression. If you're a Yid, Mi'ika Yehudi, that doesn't have Megillah. Because the story of Megillah is every Yid that's far removed as they are, don't listen to Haman's message that you can't get closer back to Rebbe You could get close, you are close, and you could return. So let's analyze this story that came to Rashi. A lady comes to Rashi dressed improperly. A lady comes, a fancy lady horseback riding, visiting the king on Purim. We could imagine what this means. And she wants to know, but could I read the Megillah two days earlier? So, Rashi, you could. That is the story of Mikra Megillah. The story of Mikra Megillah is if you're not dressed perfectly, you didn't see the perfect sight, don't get despair about it. You could get back close to Rebbeinu Shalom. That's the Libi Oimer Li when I have to come explain what the Eifoid is. I know why I saw this sight, because it's part of the answer of Purim, that sometimes even if you see things that you're not supposed to see, even if you see things that want to remove you, it tells you no, you could get back close to Rebbeinu Shalom. When we learn about the Avoid that comes from such a low place from a lady teaching you going to Purim, but that's the story. The story is that these Riyas are Kosas Lamarvali, Kosas Lamanachas. What a chizik in preparing for Purim in the Chaydish of Adar, preparing Parshat Savah, the Big Dekuna, not pulling us down. And this is the ultimate lesson for the Yimea Shivavim, the climax of the Yimea Shivavim. The greatest Havoid in the Yimea Shivavim is telling us you've seen what was, uh, wasn't appropriate, you've done what wasn't appropriate. Don't feel that you can't climb back. Don't feel that you can't be kosis lamar. Don't chasasholim be kosis lamanachas back in bed. Energize yourself. Come back closer, Rabbi Yishalim. That's the lesson of Adar. It's the lesson of Purim. It's the lesson that Rashi taught us. It's the lesson that Rabbi Chil Michal from Gestin taught us. And maybe we could add one more thing. The menorah that we learned in last week's parsha and this week's parsha about adding the oil. So Rashi in last week's parsha tells us that the menorah Moshe Rabbeinu was neskasha, how to make it. So the Rosham tells him, "You want to know how to make it? Throw a kicker of zov into the menorah, and it will turn into one big piece." But a little later on, Rashi brings again from a Gemara Menachos, Moshe Rabbeinu was neskasha, and the Rosham showed Moshe Rabbeinu menorah shaleish. What does this mean? He was neskasha twice. Perhaps based on a Chofetz Chaim, we could explain. Moshe Rabbeinu was neskasha, how to make the menorah, how to make it, Rebbe Yishim told him, throw a piece of gold into the fire and it will form into menorah. But Moshe Rabbeinu was a skash about something else. How is the menorah going to stay around forever? What that means to us is we know that the menorah is the keli that even in Golis it's still here, as the Ramban explains in Parshas Baal The menorah stays around to show us that Rebbe is The menorah stays around to tell us, don't listen to Haman telling you, you have you're, you can't put on clothing, you can't get close to Rebbeinu you're separated, you're this, it's the story of Purim, you're back close to Rebbeinu it's the light that shines in Golos, that the Rebbeinu is Mashra Shechina. Moshe Rabbeinu was the skash, I had to create the Menorah one step, the Rebbeinu showed him, but how does the Menorah stay around even in Golos, even in such a deep Golos where we're in, how we're feeling so separated. When we have our fire, when we are kosis limar, when we break ourselves but only to return it to the fire, to return the continue, the continue, the continuity, the continuous avoidin, avoidin Hashem getting closer and closer to Rebbeinu Hashem. That's the menorah that Moshe Rabbeinu was neskasha. How would it stay around the Rebbeinu Hashem showed him? The menorah shall eish, the 
fire that we have in our Avodah Hashem, and be a close, be a make close, and that we worked so much on these areas. We remain fired up. We rem- remember. We find the fire from the from the Mizbeach, from the Menoira, and we energize ourselves. We don't feel down. We remember Basiyah, and all these great lessons, and we feel energized and strong in our Avodah Hashem.